Hi, welcome to TGen Talks. I'm Mark Moran. Diabetes can be deadly if left untreated, that much we know. But there's still a lot we don't know about diabetes, diseases associated with it, and complications that can arise from it. Dr. Johanna DeStefano is professor and head of the Diabetes and Fibrotic Disease Unit at TGen, and she's here to talk about her research findings, specifically in non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Dr. DeStefano, welcome. Thanks for being here. Hi, Mark. I'm happy to be here. What is non-alcoholic fatty liver disease? Non-alcoholic fatty liver disease is a progressive disease of the liver. It's um, a spectrum of diseases, if you will. Um, It starts with the fat accumulation in the liver. It's called steatosis. And steatosis can just stay at that stage in someone with the disease. Um, It's a relatively benign condition, but it can progress directly to cirrhosis. Um, The next stage is inflammation. So that's when the liver becomes inflamed. It it is exactly what it sounds like. And people can also stay at that stage of the disease. A certain proportion of those patients will develop fibrosis in the liver. And fibrosis really is the liver's response to the injury that it's sustaining. So it um, produces factors that um, promote wound healing in the liver. But if left unchecked, like we see with chronic conditions like diabetes, it leads to scarring. Scarring is another word for fibrosis. And even in a population of those patients, they can go on to develop hepatocellular carcinoma. So the spectrum technically is from steatosis to liver cancer. Is this related to diabetes? It's absolutely related to diabetes. People with diabetes are more likely to have fatty liver disease. People with fatty liver disease are more likely to have diabetes. In patients with diabetes, we see more severe clinical manifestations of fatty liver disease. So people who have diabetes are more likely to have inflammation and fibrosis compared to people without diabetes. Genetic? There's a genetic component. Who gets it? Most um, Mexican-Americans, people of um, Mexican or Latino ancestry have higher rates of fatty liver disease. Um, African-Americans have lower rates. Um, Native Americans and Caucasians are in in between. You've done specific work in children with this? Yes. Talk about it. Well, what we did is we took a small sample of Latino children and we, um, they went through an intervention that involved diet and lifestyle. And we looked um, at changes in metabolic parameters. Um, And we found that these little packages called extracellular vesicles that are detected in the, you know, serum um, contain cargo. Even in the absence of significant weight loss, we saw a change in the cargo of these extracellular vesicles. So they resembled the cargo of kids who didn't have excess liver fat. So we think that extracellular vesicle cargo can carry important information about the health of the liver. How does environment affect fatty liver disease? Environment has a very large effect on fatty liver disease. Um, I would suspect it's even more than a genetic component. Perhaps more accurately, there's an interaction 
between the genome and the environment. And this is something that we call epigenetics. Um, so increases in um, the consumption of processed food, um, sugar, saturated fat, these all predispose people to diabetes and fatty liver disease. Um, and in fact, some people proposed the following of a Mediterranean diet to avoid getting fatty liver disease or to treat fatty liver disease once it starts. This only works in the early stages, not when people progress to, you know, fibrosis. So it's good to get that message out when children are young. Absolutely. It's so much easier to prevent than to treat. This sounds very pertinent for parents to learn, and this research sounds very interesting right now in our community. It can be used today. A study that was done by the NASH CRM, which is a, a multi-site consortium to study non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, they found the high fructose consumption and fructose, high fructose corn syrup is a combination of, you know, sugar and, and fructose. They found that higher levels of soft drink consumption correlated with higher levels of fibrosis in kids. So is it the obesity or is it the diabetes that's the problem? It's both. Um, people who have type 2 diabetes are more likely to be obese, but there are plenty of people who have type 2 diabetes who are normal weight, and they have just as much risk for fatty liver disease. Um, on the other hand, there are plenty of overweight and obese people who do not have fatty liver disease. So a lot of it does stem from diet and exposures and genetics. Um, what we realize is there's a lot we don't know yet about what constitutes the fatty liver disease patient. I just heard a talk that said that non-alcoholic fatty liver disease is a, a ticking time bomb because of the association with hepatocellular carcinoma. Which is liver cancer. <clears throat> yes. So, you know, I think that this is on the radar. This non-alcoholic fatty liver disease is going to be, is poised to be the leading um, cause for liver transplantation within the next few years. That's a big deal. What's the likelihood of being able to get a liver for someone who needs a liver transplant? Well, that's, it's difficult. So we're better off, of course, taking it on the front end, paying attention to what we eat. Absolutely. Dr. DeStefano, what do you hope will be the outcome of your research? How I envision my research to impact the clinical community is um, two-pronged. Um, one is to identify patients who have fatty liver disease and to determine where they might go with their disease, if you will, um, to be able to predict their disease trajectory. And then the second aspect of that is to identify targets for drug development. Um, there's currently no FDA-approved drug for fatty liver disease, and among patients who have fibrotic fatty liver disease and who are heading toward end-stage liver failure, the only option for them is liver transplantation. And in patients with a liver transplantation, uh, a large percentage of those patients go on to develop fatty liver disease all over again. So it's not the best um, treatment for those patients. Interesting and very important research going on at TGen. Dr. Johanna DiStefano is professor and head of the Diabetes and Fibrotic Disease Unit at TGen. To learn more about her research and about TGen in general, visit tgen.org. Thanks for listening to TGen Talks. I'm Mark Moran.